Good morning, everyone. Good to be back. Thank you, Taylor, for that beautiful song. He is the reason for the season, isn't he? Amen. Let's just open it a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for another Sunday. We're thankful that we can come to church and record these so we all can see them later. And we just pray now that you would bless this word to our hearts. May we learn from it and just grow from it. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This is called The Best Thing That Ever Happened. You can probably guess what that is. Around our house, Christmas has always been probably our favorite time of the year. We put the tree up the first week in November. Sherry decorated the house, and I put up the nice colored lights outside. It brings joy in the house in these difficult times that we're going through. You know, we all like the lights, the Christmas carols, and giving presents to our loved ones. And one of the favorite things that Sherry and I like to see is the faces on the kids when they open up the, the presents. It's, it's priceless. And we've always had high uh, expectations for Christmas in our house. We have a uh, little wall unit hanging in it, and it's got 25 little openings on it. It's like a little shelf. And we have, used to have a box with all these little toys in it. And starting in December, the kids would grab a toy and put it in one of the openings for the first 24 days. And then on December 25th, we saved the biggest opening for last and we put in, and that was the baby Jesus. And we knew it was Christmas Day. That was a treat. Easter and Christmas are our two most celebrated holidays for the believer. You can't have Easter without Christmas, and with no birth, there'd be no Christ and no resurrection. Praise God for both. Amen. Our lives revolve around Christ. We think about him day and night. We pray in the morning, during the day, and at night, and he's in our thoughts always. His birth coming to earth as a God-man to us is the most important event in world history. That's the way we look at it. I googled it to see what other people thought of that. Here's some of the things that they said were mingled in with the birth of Christ. The ancient Egyptians built the great pyramid of Giza for Pharaoh. The rise and fall of ancient Roman civilization. The life of Buddha and the birth of Buddhism. And the life of Confucius and the birth of Confucianism. And they had, the number one thing that they had was the American Revolution, because our country tended to be the strongest and had world power over everything for a while there. But to us, and there they had number two, but to us, this is definitely number one. And they said, the life of Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus set off an atomic religious bomb that is still felt today. Amen to that. He is number one on our list, and nothing else comes close. All those other events affected people and countries in different ways. But Jesus coming to this earth as a God-man, 
He affects us for eternity. And only He, by choosing Him as our Lord and Savior, gives us eternal life. Not choosing Him, which so many people unfortunately don't choose Him, they have eternal separation from Him, which is hell. So, during this time of year, you know, we think about Christmas, and I was thinking, I started this about three weeks ago, and I was thinking, what would life be if Christ did not come to earth? And I'm going to list a few of them. You could come up with several yourself. I'm no expert, but there's so many things that would be different. I'm just going to rattle off a few here. I think there would be no New Testament, no disciples, no Apostle Paul who wrote most of the New Testament because he was converted by Jesus on the road to Damascus. We wouldn't have those great parables and Christ's teaching for our lives or the detailed and comforting descriptions of future events in John 14, the Corinthians, the Thessalonians, and Revelation. And there would be no John 3.16, which led so many people to salvation. We wouldn't have the rapture described anywhere in Scripture. No manger scenes. Think about that. We look forward to it. The only decorations going up in the neighborhood would be for Halloween. How sad is that? And unfortunately... We'd be shopping, but we'd be looking for sales on turtle doves, pigeons, lambs, and rams to get the required animals and birds for sacrificing over and over and over because all of our sins would not be forgiven. There would be no new covenant. We'd still be under that old covenant. We'd be probably trying to follow the law in the Ten Commandments, but Hebrews says, the law made nothing perfect. Think about our hymn books in these chairs. The red and the black hymns would probably be a third of the size. Some of these are the most popular songs that mean so much to us. We wouldn't have these songs, such as the old rugged cross, he arose, wounded for me, at Calvary, Jesus gave it all. He lives when I survey the wondrous cross and so many more that convict us and they're comforting to us and they encourage us. There'd be no need for this table here because there would be no remembrance service, no emblems, no, do this in remembrance of me. No, it is finished, that Jesus said on the cross. There'd be no baptisms. We wouldn't need this baptismal over here. Our church would have a different logo on the sign outside. This banner, we'd have a new banner, a new web page, and a new mission statement. It would be a dark, dark world for the light of the world would not have come down to earth. Calendars, what would they do for the calendars? There'd be no more BC or AD. Who knows what year this would be? The preachers, the Sunday school teachers, the, the men and women giving devotions, 
would have whole different topics for you couldn't talk about Jesus. There'd be no gospel. We would have no personal relationship with Jesus Christ. All the prophecies in Micah, Psalms, Isaiah, and others could never have been fulfilled if he did not come to earth. No Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, Wonderful Counselor, or the Everlasting. No fixing our eyes upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. And that's just a few. There's so many more. It would be hopeless. But praise God tonight, today, that he did come down and this did not happen because the best thing ever happened. Taylor sang that song, Love, that is Jesus, came down from heaven in the form of baby, of a baby. And the song asked, where would it be if Jesus did not come down to earth? Now, you've heard this from Dean before. And I've been, I was working on this outline for about three weeks. And this, this really happened. So Taylor, I was talking to Taylor about 10 days ago. And she knew I was talking. I didn't even know she was singing. I didn't know if it was the pianist, uh, worship team, or the solo, what soloist it would be. She says, Dale, what are you, what are you uh, talking about? And I said, the best thing ever. And she said, Jesus coming down to earth, I assume. And I said, exactly. She goes, no way. The song I'm going to sing asked, the exact same thing, his coming to earth. We couldn't believe it. I said, are you serious? That's half my talk. And it's amazing. And I felt totally verified that she was on the same wavelength that I was. The Lord put it both on our heart because he is the reason for the season. So we both thought about the same thing and we thought about what a blessing it is that he did come down to earth. Was it a coincidence? I don't think so. He turned the world upside down and he made believers a new creation. He transformed us and gave us a great life in him. Do you want your old life back, anybody? I don't. I'm positive I don't. And I know you don't as well. I would not exchange it for anything. I think if anybody says they do, they probably have not experienced the new life in the first place. I'm going to read, this is kind of a long portion, it's, it's a pretty, pretty big paragraph, but to me, it's like the essence of the entire New Testament. It explains why the Father prepared a body for the Son, why the rituals of animal sacrifice was insufficient, and why the Son had to come to earth as a man and be sacrificed to cover our sins. And why Jesus, after doing the Father's will, was able to say, it is finished. It's Hebrews 10, 8 to 18. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings, you did not desire, nor were you pleased with them, though they were offered in accordance with the law. Then he said, here I am, I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. 
And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstools. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And when these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. Amen. Praise God for that. He demonstrated his love for us by leaving heaven, coming down as that babe. He eliminated the need for sacrifices over and over. They didn't work because it's impossible for the blood of the bulls and goats to take away the sins. Christ sacrificed himself once for all. In this time, when we open the presents in a few days, Think about it, the toys, the new flat screen for the house maybe, those have come down in price, the latest electronic device, new sports equipment, new gadgets for everything out of the sun. All that stuff has this in common. They're all going to wear out, break down, or you're going to get tired of them. And you're going to want a newer model in a couple years. I have one of them right here. I think this is the fifth one of these things I've had. You know, you buy them and you think you get the latest features. And then the very next day in the the magazines, it says, oh, the next phone is going to do this, this, and this. You know they could have those features and they could put a bunch of them in here. I guess that's capitalism. They wait for another 18 months and then they put them in the next one. So you have to keep buying them and buying them. But with Jesus, there is no new features, no updates. He's the one and only. Nothing is ever going to come along that is better. He is perfect. He's the only gift that matters. It says in 2 Corinthians 9.15, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift which is Jesus Christ. So we heard the bad stuff, what it would be like without him. So here is some of the many benefits that we have from his coming to earth as that baby. We have a whole new family, as we talked about before, that wonderful family of God, where we have him in common as our core belief. We have fellowship with believers. We're fellowshipping Today, we're just spread out. He's with us, but we're just spread out. And someday we're going to see 
the other member, members of this family that have passed on and preceded us. Death in this family is not the end. That's why when we can hear horrible news, we can look above, fix our eyes on Jesus, because he gives us eternal hope and the blessed assurance of an eternity with him. The lost can never have such hope because what they have here, the today's, will end, and that's the end of it for them. They only have doubt and hopelessness. There's going to be a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas by them at the end. And he gives us that comforter, the Holy Spirit. In Galatians 5, very familiar, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. All wonderful blessings. And the first one, of course, is being love, which he demonstrated in that manger coming down. That's why he is the reason for this season. And he demonstrated it again, doing the Father's will and going to the cross for us to save our sins. In John 14, 26, that same Holy Spirit is called the Advocate. It says, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I said to you. Isn't that encouraging? Because we can forget. As we get older, we forget more and more and more. But he reminds us of things that we may have forgotten, which encourages us again. And he's reminding us of things that Jesus said to us, and that really encourages us. In Romans, it also says the Spirit. You know, sometimes we, it's hard for us to pray. What are we going to pray for? You know, didn't I pray for this last night? But he encourages us and he strengthens us in the will of God when we pray. He gives us power, wisdom, and knowledge as we trust in him. And this is one of the best parts. He gives us that new covenant, the gospel. And look at the contrast between the old and the new. Here's the old. Remember Moses, they were complaining about all the problems they had in the wilderness, and they made the, uh, the golden calf. And Moses, after seeing the Lord, he's coming down from the mountain with the Ten Commandments, and they, he saw the, all the idol worship. And when Moses came down from the mountain, 3,000 who worshipped the golden calf were killed. It says as much in Exodus 32, 28. The Levites did as Moses commanded, and that day about 3,000 of the people died. But contrast that when the Holy Spirit comes on the day of Pentecost, as described in Acts. It's the exact opposite. Acts 2.41 says, Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to that number that day. Same exact number. Old covenant died, new covenant were saved. Amen. What a blessing. And on the 26th, or shortly thereafter, we started all over again. We, 
the lights to come down, the trees, the decorations, you clean up the mess. And we know with all our devices, we have tracked the credit card and that has soared. And you chip away at that for a few weeks. And then you return some of the gifts, exchange them. And then this cycle repeats every year. But we basically have Christmas year round. Jesus Christ is the gift that never ends. His mercies, as we know, are new every morning. He's with us day and night. He won't abandon us. He won't forsake us. And amen that all of our sins are forgiven because he gave us his life on the cross for those sins. He could have saved himself, as we know, but he didn't do that. His death allowed us to be saved. He paid the ransom to free us and redeem us from those sins that the scripture says so easily entangled us, and we know they do. And we were bought at a great price, the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have a whole new prayer life. He bought a new way to pray. He became our intercessor and our advocate. Isn't it great to have an advocate? You know, we have an advocate in the church. Dave Huete is an attorney, and I'm sure he does a great job as an advocate for his clients. But, sorry, Dave, there's no comparison. Jesus is the perfect advocate for us. In John 16, 24, it says, Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. So now we pray in his name. We say in Jesus' name, amen. We say our Father in heaven, and we pray constantly in Jesus' name. We're in him, and we're baptized in his name as well. His will be done and not ours, right? And we can have a conversation with him 24-7. Isn't that awesome? We don't have to go to the, the church to see that little uh, booth they have. I've never been in one, but they have these booths where you go meet the priest through a metal grid. But we don't have to do that because he rose again on the third day and now lives at the right hand of the Father in heaven. We pray directly to a God that's alive, not to the deceased Buddha. We don't pray to Mary, or we don't pray through a priest. And we pray fervently. The word says a fervent prayer of a righteous man accomplishes much. So how is our prayer life today? A book I read said, when prayer fails, the world prevails. So that is good statement to us to keep, keep praying and don't give up. I have this little book called On Prayer. It says that in some areas, Buddha, Buddhist priests have this little wheel and they attach prayers on the spokes of the wheel. And the wheel is driven by water, wind, or some kind of manual spinning. And they believe that when the wheel turns, God sees the prayers and answers the prayers. 
artificial intelligence, machine learning, and it's called AI is popular now in the technology world. It's when machines do things that man could formally do. We pray directly to Jesus Christ. We don't want a, a prayer wheel. We don't want a machine that prays for us because that won't be answered. He wants a conversation with us. David does not ask the Lord to read his prayer. He pleads in Psalm 17, 6, I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. He says, hear my prayer, not read my prayer. And we know we're in a world filled with lawlessness now and the virus, the uncertainty around us. We have, and we've talked about this before, Adel mentioned it Wednesday night, we have that secure refuge, that anchor, uh, that lighthouse in the, in the harbor, safety place to go to. He is our safe harbor. And you know, there's so many that don't have that anchor, especially during this, uh, this virus. They're suffering severe depression and anxiety with the situation and circumstance they're in. They turn to inebriation, suicide, and illegal drugs. Japan had more suicides in October than the entire year from the vaccine. That's, that's amazing. And just a side note here, a little police update. I don't know what's up with Oregon. They had all that rioting. And now they passed a proposition in Oregon making it legal for personal use possession of methamphetamine, oxycodone, heroin, fentanyl, deadly drug, and cocaine. That, that boggles the mind because we see the damage those drugs do to our families all over the country. And these guys that are taking them, they don't know what it's mixed with or anything. They're dying because it, sometimes it's, it, it's cut with uh, cocaine or um, heroin and they don't even know what they're taking. Very sad. As believers, we don't have to resort to drugs, alcohol, or any of this stuff. We are filled with the Spirit and Jesus. We worship Him and we have the fullness of Him, not the fullness of these substances. Amen to that. And he gives us that hope. And hope is only obtained through Jesus Christ. And that's what's lacking out there in the world today is hope. We have that blessed assurance. One of his names is actually called the blessed hope. And we can go to the word of God and get excited about the Holy Spirit. And we have that hope to see our loved ones again. We have a full life, and like I said before, we have the best life. We're not hopeless, we are hopeful. Paul wrote, we have hope in Christ and calls him the God of hope. Without Christ, there's no hope, you're hopeless. The hopeless seek constant pleasure and happiness through outside influences. They go up and down, one day Friday night they're up, Monday morning they're down. Pleasure is fleeting. Our hope is in Jesus because he leads us to victory over the enemy who he defeated once and for all on the cross. And that hope brings us joy, which is so much deeper 
than happiness. Yeah, we can get happy, but that next second we can be not happy. Hope and joy are deep, deep feelings. And we can have joy during the toughest trials. Why do you think Paul and Silas could sing hymns in jail? Because they had the joy of the Lord. That's why the angel said when he was born, do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That's why we mean it when we sing joy to the world, because joy is Jesus. And he gives us peace that only he can do. We don't need an artificial high to get peace, to forget our circumstances. He buoys our spirits. We have peace through God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. He even said that as much before he left Jesus. He says, my peace I give to you. <clears throat> and he satisfies us. He's called the bread of life and the living water which springs up in eternal life. In Acts, it says he gives life and breath to everything. And he satisfies every deed. Amen. John 6.35 says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes me in me will never be thirsty. Amen to that. And we have such a great future. We have the assurances from his word of a wonderful future. You know, it's pretty sobering during this virus. The United States has had more death than the entire loss for our country in World War II. For the last few days, more people have lost their lives to the virus each day than were killed in the World Trade Center attack. That's incredible. Our life is a vapor, but death is not an end for us. Some of us may not make it through this virus, but that is not the end. We're going to have an eternity with him in heaven. And if he comes again or we precede others here, we're still going to have an eternity with him. So we can bank on that, regardless of the uncertainties that we're going through today. And there is a lot of that going on. He said he's going to come back, and he will. And I thought I was reading a couple stances of this. Um, I think it really applies to what we're talking about. You, you all know it, and especially the end. It said, God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love, heal, and forgive. He lived and died to buy my pardon. An empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. And then one day, I'll cross the river. I'll fight life's final war with pain. And then, as death gives way to victory, I'll see the lights of glory, and I'll know he reigns. And this is the, thought, the part that really struck me, especially at the end. I can face tomorrow because he lives. All fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future and life is lift, worth the living just because he lives. Amen. We sing that at Easter, but it applies to Christmas as well.
Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we talked about today, we thank you so much, Lord, that you came down to this sphere as a, as a God-man. You lived your life. You did the Father's will. You taught us incredible things. You gave us a path to salvation. And we thank you so much for the new covenant where you died on the cross for the believer's sins, and we have an eternity in heaven to you. In Jesus' name, amen.